Trump did, in fact, win the election, says Maria Bartiromo, citing an unnamed intelligence source. And immediately the media began mocking the Fox News host, saying she's pushing more conspiracy theories desperate to cling to some kind of Donald Trump presidency. But it's just not true. The Electoral College cast their votes the other day and they voted majority for Joe Biden. Now, many people have said the race is over. Mitch McConnell said president-elect Joe Biden. In fact, many on Newsmax said the same thing, and that's a pro-Trump channel. But the reality is on January 6th is when the votes will be counted. And that is the final stop for the representation of the states and the people, the Senate and the House, to cast their objections. And it looks like we're going to get objections. Now, listen, I don't know who's uh, who the source is for Maria Bartiromo. But the media plays this game all the time where the New York Times had all these anonymous sources and CNN had anom- anonymous sources that Trump is Trump is a Russian asset, they claimed. And we go through all that. That's the game they play. They're allowed to have unnamed sources making wild and preposterous claims that ultimately bear out nothing. But don't let someone on Fox News do it because it's against the mainstream narrative. More importantly, there was a hearing today. Senators talked about fraud and heard from many witnesses. In fact, one witness asserted evidence of fraud and Rand Paul himself said in many ways this election was stolen, stressing that if we don't do something about what's being presented, it'll only get worse and we must reinforce our election laws. But I tell you why I lead with the story about Maria Bartiromo and the anonymous sourcing. It's because there's two realities and they continue to get further and further apart and it's only getting worse. On the right, Trump did win, they say. On the left, Trump certainly lost. On the right, they say there's clearly evidence of voter fraud. On the left, they say there's no evidence at all. And that's where they're wrong. There is evidence. But even more importantly, they say that in court, Trump has been unable to prove that any of this fraud exists. Now, let me stop right now. I don't want to say that I'm testing the boundaries of YouTube's policy on voter fraud claims. But I certainly get close to it through no fault of my own. Now, I think YouTube has said there's a news protection. If you're if you're reporting the news and talking about it, you're allowed to say it. they just don't want you coming out and making videos claiming it definitively. I don't know what the point of that policy is, because everybody's going to be talking about it in the context of news. Now, is there evidence of widespread fraud? The answer is yes. And I can tell you this. I have personally corroborated some of the evidence from the Voter Integrity Project. It is widespread, multiple states, and I was able to independently corroborate this. Did it change the results of the election? At this point, I'm actually leaning a little bit towards probably not, but I don't know. So my opinion is irrelevant. And the reason I say probably not is because the numbers I've seen and actually corroborated are not enough to have changed the outcome. I'm sorry if that's the case and you don't like to hear it, but that's what I've seen so far. But it doesn't matter what I think. You can tell me I'm wrong and that's acceptable. Why? The courts need to decide. The problem, as pointed out by many of the senators in this hearing, is that the courts have not ruled on the merits. They've always they've dismissed these cases on procedural grounds, not on the merits. Meaning when a lawsuit is presented and says, here's the evidence, the judge isn't going, wow, look at that evidence. The judge is going, you have no standing. You shouldn't be suing or you're too late. Get out of my courtroom. We have not yet had a court actually look through the evidence. And here's where the disparate realities becomes important. When the left says that, they say Donald Trump isn't even asserting under oath that there's fraud. That's not true. The Trump campaign lawyer today at this hearing said under oath 
Here's all of the fraud evidence we had. Well, there you go. Is that guy lying under oath? You know, it's really funny. When a postal worker came out and claimed that he was ordered to backdate ballots, I said, get him under oath now. And some high profile leftist was like, Tim Pool made this claim and he should retract. Retract what? The postal worker did make the claim and we should get him under oath because if he's lying, I want to know. I didn't say what he said was true. I said, get him under oath. If you think he's lying, you should agree with me. So it's really weird when the left pushes back saying, don't hear the evidence, don't go to the courts and don't put these people under oath. I never said the guy was telling the truth. And these are the two realities. One where the left and the mainstream media is lying to you. There's no evidence. Don't look behind the curtain. And the other where you have some people like me saying there's clearly evidence that we should investigate. I'm not saying it changed the result of the outcome in any capacity. But there and then there's other people saying, well, they think it did. OK, well, I would like to see I would like to see more evidence. I have corroborated some evidence. so I know it exists. I have not seen enough to 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 uh, say the election results were changed. But in this hearing, it was brought up the amount of votes that are that are uh, essentially asserted by the Trump campaign could have that impact. The most important outcome is for one. Yes, I don't want to get the video taken down from YouTube, but I do think it's fair to say, can we get an honest hearing on this? I think they did a good job in the Senate today, but I want to see more. Now, uh, intro went a little long, so let's 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 read to this before we get started. Head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can there's many ways you can give the best thing you can do. Share this video. Make sure people look. If you think I'm doing a good job, then you can help make sure people are getting a balanced diet in their in their media, because I'm going to show you criticisms of the right in their claims, and I'm going to show you what the left is saying, and I'm going to show you what the politicians are saying to try and do a decent job to break this down. But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let me first show you the story from Mediaite on Maria Bartiromo. They say, you might have missed it. In all the drama of yesterday's Electoral College vote, a convention newsworthy insofar as a sitting president has refused to accept the results of an election he lost by 7 million votes. But Maria Bartiromo, a Fox anchor on Monday morning, cited an Intel source declaring President Donald Trump the winner of the 2020 election. Quote, challenging election results as we wait today's Electoral College decision, an Intel source telling me that President Trump did in fact win the election, Bartiromo said. They go on to say, of course, Trump did not win. Joe Biden did. That's what the Electoral College voted to certify. That, that's what the Electoral uh, College voted to certify, Biden's victory. That's why Republicans like Mitch McConnell aren't thrashing against an upcoming inauguration of President Joe Biden, doing everything they can to stop it. The Trump campaign has mounted a litany of legal challenges to the election, but despite public bluster, they have yet to actually present evidence of widespread election fraud in court. That's a really interesting way to put it. They've yet to present evidence in court. That's so unfair. Give them the chance, and I'm sure they would. And you can throw it out if you don't think it's legitimate. But many of these cases that were presented by Trump, not by his allies, have been thrown out on procedural grounds. And don't get me started on the Kraken lawsuits. That was so awful and bad for Trump. I'm sorry, it's just true. The optics were, 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 were just way out there. The claims were outrageous and outlandish, hard to prove even, and were presented with limited, limited evidence. I would say limited because there's some, but not enough to make any of these claims they're making. OK, if you want to get into the deep conspiracy of the decades long Dominion voting thing, I, I'm sorry, man. Look, you want to believe it. You can believe what you want to believe. But I'm telling you, the appropriate path to victory 
is constitutional arguments, which we're still seeing, and actually presenting this evidence under oath and going through the findings. There hasn't been a real opportunity for the Trump campaign to actually sit down and show these things. And I know this because I have seen personally the evidence from the Voter Integrity Project. And I believe it would be interesting to see. There was one instance where I believe the Trump campaign presented the evidence, uh, I believe it was in Georgia. And again, procedural grounds got it dismissed. I don't know if any of this has uh, strong merits because I've only seen a little bit. I would like the courts to actually look over the stuff, but I don't think they have the political willpower to do it. Well, Rand Paul certainly does and made some very bold statements from the Washington Examiner. Voter fraud happened in the election was many in many ways stolen. Now, let me stop. I think the way they're phrasing this headline is trying to push some buttons. Rand Paul and many others said, clearly, there's evidence of fraud. In fact, many on the left even agree there's to a certain degree fraud. Of course, most of the mainstream media is saying there's no evidence at all. And that's just so insane. And they also had Chris Krebs testifying. It was like the most secure election ever. Shut up. Come on. Listen, you want to be reasonable. Come to me and say, we think there are a lot of people who are playing dirty games and probably committed fraud. We don't think it changed things. And I'll be like, I hear you. I hear you. Let's have a hearing about it or something. Because we got a lot of people complaining about these anomalies, these weird circumstances. These need to be addressed. And, and the ball is still rolling in terms of these challenges. It's entirely possible something changes. I just think it's astronomical that, you know, uh, unlikely that Trump would actually be able to pull this off. Again, that's what I think. My opinion on this. What I see happening right now is a mainstream establishment apparatus moving forward as they normally do and Trump fighting tooth and nail. Many Republicans are abandoning him, not even willing to give him a symbolic showing of support on January 6th and just saying, no, it's over. You know, let me tell you. It's over on January 6th when Congress finalizes the votes. But more importantly, the actual culture war battle is over when Joe Biden steps into the White House and becomes president. OK, you know what? No, I got to rephrase that. The electoral challenges are over on January 6th. That's when they'll count the votes and make the determination. But Maybe there will be a dispute because Mo Brooks is saying he's going to challenge this. And I wouldn't be surprised after seeing this article, Rand Paul does too, in which case it may extend longer. Who knows? Even if the electoral challenges, you know, uh, end on the 6th, the fight in terms of this, this culture war battle that we're in right now isn't over until I see Joe Biden enter the White House. That's the election. Okay. After that, there's actual concern that Trump will form some kind of shadow government. Okay. I, I, we'll see about that. Maybe he will have some kind of network of support and a movement, call it whatever you want. The culture war will not end with Trump leaving the White House. So we can say that the election battle procedurally ends on the 6th with some leeway for potential Supreme Court challenges after that. We're waiting for January 20th, because, look, if it's not going to be Donald, if it's not going to be Joe Biden and Trump can't get any victories, then it becomes Nancy Pelosi. OK, that's that's act, unless she doesn't get the speaker. You know, it'd be really funny. There's a there's a big campaign right now from the left, Jimmy Dore, good dude, where he's trying to uh, pressure progressives to withhold their vote for Nancy Pelosi if she doesn't give them a floor vote for Medicare for all. How insane would it be if Nancy Pelosi doesn't get the votes she needs, okay, because the progressives withhold them, and then like Kevin McCarthy becomes <laughs> Speaker of the House, and then we don't get Biden or Trump, and then he becomes president? I just 
I don't want to entertain the absurdities, okay? But let me show you what Rand Paul said. The examiner reports, Senator Rand Paul railed against voter fraud in the 2020 election during a Senate hearing, saying voter fraud happened. The election was in many ways stolen. He said the fraud happened. The Kentucky Republican said in a Wednesday Senate hearing on the election security, the election in many ways was stolen. And the only way it'll be fixed is by uh, fixed is by in the future reinforcing laws. We can't just say it didn't happen. Paul said about fraud allegations across the country. We can't just say, oh, 4000 people voted in Nevada that were non-citizens and we're just going to ignore it again. I think the examiner is positioning quotes from Rand Paul in a way to make it seem like he's saying fraud changed the election. I don't think that's what he was saying. I watched this. I saying I, th- I think he was he was trying to refer more broadly to a lot of rule changes and things like that. But I'll tell you this. The Trump campaign presented these statements under oath. OK, I tell you what, if that dude what's his name, uh, Benal, I, I think his name was if he lied under oath, then by, I want to see him locked up and I want to see the key thrown away. OK, not really. It's perjury, but I want him to be locked up because I don't want anyone subverting our institutions and stealing an election. If Trump lost, he lost. Goodbye. I'm not happy about it. I don't like Biden. But look, it's 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 a it's a political battle beyond just an election. It's a culture war. And there's got to be tact and there's got to be some kind of uh, uh, I guess you've got to play tactfully. I'll put it that way. If Trump can't win, he can't win. And the last thing I think we want is full on conflict, though many people seem to want to. But I'll put it this way. If this guy says under oath, and he did. They were sworn into this hearing. Ron Johnson stood up, said, everyone raise your right hand and say, and they did. Okay, then. At least that's my understanding. I watched it. Looked like they were under oath. He made these claims. Check this out. The Nevada election was inevitably riddled with fraud. Attorney Jay Benal alleges over 42,000 people voted more than once. At least 1,500 dead people are recorded as voting. More than 19,000 people voted, even though they didn't live in Nevada. Interesting. I'd like to uh, uh, I'd like to see the evidence. Why don't they publish the evidence? I'll tell you what. There are concerns from the Voter Integrity Project. These are, this is Matt Brainerd. We had him on the show on the IRL podcast. It was fantastic. And he said, look, I can't just publish the names of all these this information because I'd be doxing people. I could, I'll get banned. He's right. You know, if you've got people whose you know addresses are, are, are in these databases and you're accusing them of possibly voting twice, you're not definitively proving, you know, anything. And there's a serious challenge. Is are innocent people going to be harmed by you publishing addresses and information because you believe that they voted twice? And maybe they didn't. Maybe it's just a bunch of people with the same names and birthdays and, uh, you know, similar addresses. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. But it, it is a challenge. But I'll tell you what, if you've got evidence it needs to be published. I'm sorry, it does. And, you know, it's a tough one. Releasing people's private information. If you're making these very serious allegations and releasing this information can change things for the better and help people, you need to do something beyond just saying you have it. Sorry. I know they've tried to go to, go to court and they typically get thrown out for no standing or the judges refuse, refuse to look at the evidence. In Nevada, I believe they absolutely refuse to look at the evidence. It was shocking, actually. And so until we have it in a court, you know, uh, I, we're going to keep hearing from the media it doesn't exist. Well, we can say it exists, but it needs to be evaluated. That's what I want to happen. I will tell you this. I have looked over some of the evidence and I'll tell you what's really fascinating in uh, uh, the Voter Integrity Project's data, which I did get to look at. 
and I did get to uh, uh, corroborate some of this information. I corroborated it independently. So I'll put it this way. One of the things that they were doing, I'm trying to be careful, was taking publicly available data from multiple states. Without looking at that data, I was able to corroborate addresses of certain individuals. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm probably not. But long story short, I corroborated it. I'm trying to be very, very careful. But I looked at it and I was like, wow, through independent databases and multiple databases, I corroborate some of this information. It's not a definitive accusation. I'm not naming anybody specifically, but that needs to go to court, man. The stuff I saw that needs to go to court. But if it doesn't, and if on procedural grounds, that's what they're saying in this hearings, they said the cases from the Trump campaign and from his allies were dismissed on procedural grounds, not on the merits. We've got a problem. Ron Johnson made an excellent point. He said, he, uh, he, he mentioned that four years ago, people did not respect the results of the election. They said that Trump didn't win. It was Russian interference. And again, we're hearing the same thing. It's unsustainable. He's right. He's being fair. Why are the Democrats fighting so hard to block this? That is rather freaky. But they are. And it's a very serious problem because you cannot tell half the country to just accept you're going to accuse the president of being a Russian agent. And then when this stuff pops up and the Trump campaign says, here we go, here's evidence, you say, nope, no, there isn't. Plug in my ears. People are going to be like, we have a right to be heard. And if they're not, then I only imagine things are going to get crazier. But look, we've got still we've got action still going on. This is from the official website of the Arizona State Senate Republican Caucus. Statement from Senate President Fan on subpoenas issued to Maricopa County, December 15th. Quote, Today, under my direction as Senate President, Judiciary Committee Chairman Eddie Farnsworth issued subpoenas to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. One subpoena calls for a scanned ballot audit to collect an electronic ballot image cast for all mail-in ballots counted in the November 2020 general election in Maricopa County, Arizona. The second subpoena calls for a full forensic audit of ballot tabulation equipment, the software for that equipment, and the election management systems used in the, in the 2020 general election. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors were served these subpoenas on Tuesday afternoon, and they call for the information to be delivered to the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman on or before 5 p.m. December 18, 2020. I appreciate Board Chairman Clint Hickman's uh, commitment to the integrity of the Arizona election process. And I know he shares all of our concerns. So the ball's still rolling. Okay, you've got this. You've got action being taken in Michigan. They're trying to audit. Uh, there's, I think they're doing some subpoenas. I'm not sure. But we saw that report that came out from Antrim County about the Dominion voting machines. You can argue the man is biased. You can say all these awful things. I don't care. I don't. I, look, you want to claim, but he's a, he's a Republican, so you don't trust him. Then why should I trust you? You're a Democrat. You see how this works? If someone comes out with a document under oath, making a statement, and I read it, I say, OK, well, then you better you better investigate and do something. But there's no there's no solution. There isn't. What they're doing here may net something interesting. I'm not convinced Trump will win. And what, what, what I mean by this is I often say is I'm not talking about the vote count. I'm talking about Trump versus the machine. I don't I don't I just don't see him winning. Maybe he doesn't lose either, though. Maybe he walks away with 70 or 60 million Trump supporters and the Republican Party is gone. I think that's something uh, Republicans need to uh, consider a new political party because and, and, the, and, the, and the left, you know, progressives and the leftists, they got to do the same thing. Democrats don't care about you. Republicans don't care about anybody else. All right. We need some change in this country. But let me put it this way. 
the report from Antrim comes out and it says definitively bad things happened. I'll put it that way. You know, votes were being flipped. They claim. Why should I just assume it's fake news? The left is going to claim it's a lie and they'll come out with their report saying it's a lie. And then we have two reports, one saying it's, it's true, one saying it's false. Pick one. What do you do? People will choose what they trust and confidence is being shattered. That's the important thing here. Do people have confidence in the system? And that's why the media keeps saying it's dangerous what Trump is doing. Not if Trump is fighting for political and literal survival. Not if the people who support Trump would rather be in exile under Trump than under the American system. People are going to fight for their own interests. And at a certain point, they say, I have no confidence in you and I would risk everything to oppose you. So when they say it's dangerous, I say, isn't it dangerous to shut down investigations and the, the, the anger, the, the, uh, the, the court cases of these individuals? Wouldn't it be safer to say, you are my brother, my sister, my, my, my friend, my family in this country. We work together. I understand you're upset. Let me hear what you have to say. The Democrats should be saying, friends, you lost this one. But I tell you what, please bring your evidence to a court and let the judge see it. And we will break down whether or not something bad happened. If you really cared about this country and what the will of the people was, you would absolutely say, let's have an honest assessment. But for some reason, we're not getting that. For some reason, we have two disparate realities, one in which the New York Times gets to use all the anonymous sources in the world and another where the moment someone comes out with an anonymous source, they say, oh, it's just pure, ridiculous garbage and conspiracy nonsense. Well, let me tell you, the media, you got a hard reckoning coming. CNN and MSNBC fret over post-Trump future. Ratings have hit new highs, but executives and journalists at both networks are uneasy about the year ahead. (laughs) Oh, I love it. They know the Trump bumps in trouble. The media should actually be fighting for Trump. I say this. They can't, though, because their bread and butter is orange man bad. But they should at least find some way to complain about Trump while helping him if they want to make money. I'm kidding. I don't think they should actually do this. But wouldn't it be funny if CNN was like, this is shocking. Um, you know, the, Trump is awful and everything, but look at all this fraud. Oh, no. Then they get their Trump bump back. They're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. They're going to keep lying because they're, you know, they're milking what they can get out of the remaining Trump time. Maybe Trump's going to pardon some people. They can continue to freak out about it. But they love the Trump bump. The Washington Post is a better take. They say, journalist, it's time for a cold turkey breakup with Trump. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to put it. How about it's a time for a cold turkey breakup a long time ago? All right. Here we have from Michelle Malkin a tweet that I think absolutely represents, I don't know, sentiment of many Trump supporters. She says swamp GOP will abolish the Department of Education later. We'll defund NPR later. Secure the borders later. Repeal Obamacare later. Repeal Section 230 later. End voter fraud later. We'll fulfill our promises never. And why it's good old Charlie Brown going to kick the football, but it's pulled away from him every single time. Well, bravo, traditional Republicans who believe in, you know, actual conservative values and bravo Trump supporters. All of you who thought the Republicans would fight for you getting a hard lesson. But I don't think that's most Trump supporters. I think most Trump supporters have hated the Republican establishment as much as the Democrat establishment for some time. They just had a vehicle in the Republican Party with Trump, at, you know, in, in the, uh, as, as the head of that party. Well, now that the Republicans are gleefully cheering that's the end of the Trump era, Trump supporters are going to go with them and y'all aren't going to get elected again. You see, Trump brought in new voters. 
But he also converted Republicans to the Trump party. I don't see them winning in Georgia. I don't. And I, I got to be honest, I don't see Trump supporters caring. Maybe they do. Maybe there are a lot of Republicans who are going to care. But I look at what's going on with Georgia and I see more people saying, I want Trump to win. I don't care about the Republican Party. Good. I don't care about the Republican Party either. I don't know if Trump is going to win, but there's one way he might. Republican NC state senator Trump should invoke the Insurrection Act. My friend, it is uh, friends. It is not over. And I tell you this when they say it's dangerous that Trump is challenging the results of the election and all that stuff. No, it's not dangerous. It's part of the constitutional legal process, and Trump should go through the motions to the best of his abilities. And if the Republicans support him, then they will raise objections. It's all part of the constitutional process. What am I going to complain about? We actually have a day on January 6th and a process by which people can object. Good for them. Argue against them, fine, but they should do it if they feel like they should. Seems like Mo Brooks and uh, Rand Paul may be the two to come together to raise that objection. We'll see. I'll tell you what's dangerous. When you tell them to shut up, when you say we don't care, you don't exist, blah, 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 I'm going to plug my ears, you get this. Trump should not invoke the Insurrection Act. That would be a declaration of civil war. And I don't want to see that. As much as I can complain about Antifa and the autonomous zones and all this other garbage, I just want to, uh, you know, and I think most people do want to live their lives and, and, and fight for the greater good. But, you know, take care of yourselves, your friends and your family. The culture war may be getting too insane for this. But come on. Now we've got, as of this morning, Trump should invoke the Insurrection Act as a Republican NC state senator. We saw 20 states line up against 20 other states with four disputed in the middle. Just you know, arguing over who the president should be. 126 Republican House members signed on in support of that suit. You think come January 6th, they're all just going to be like, oh, OK, I'm done. Mitch McConnell is begging Republicans, please don't object and support the president. Because Mitch McConnell never cared about you or anybody else. Mitch McConnell is the same as he's always been. Now, I can give him credit for getting all those judges on. I guess good for him. I don't care about Mitch McConnell. And I've always said, never really liked the guy. What what, what do the Republicans do? Obstruct? That's what they do. They obstruct. But are they fighting for hard causes? Look, I think I think repealing Section 230 is a bad idea. But it's Tulsi Gabbard, the Democrat who's proposing reform to 230. Amazing. Isn't that amazing how much the Republicans or I should say the Trump supporters who have supported the Republican Party have been demanding action on 230 for years. And it's Tulsi Gabbard, literally a Democrat who came out and said, we want to address Section 230 reform. Brilliant. You see why I like Tulsi? She's great. She is. I'm not going to pretend like she or Rand are perfect, but man, do I do, do they get my respect? I think, you know, uh, Tulsi Gabbard's getting dragged pretty, pretty heavily by the far left. But look, she's the one who's actually coming out and saying, I see people feel like they're being uh, repressed or oppressed or suppressed. Then let's get this bill. Let's get some reform. Where are the Republicans? They controlled everything for two years in 2016. They couldn't get anything done. OK, now they have the Senate. Once the Democrats took the House, then it was it. And I'm sure the establishment was so happy. The Republicans were like, now we can have a real excuse for not doing anything. Appointing judges, sure. In the end, what do we get? 2016 to 2018. You see, the Republican establishment was leaving, retiring, quitting, and they hated Trump. The party had been taken over. Good. The Republicans don't care for him. 
You know what I want to see? I want to see a populist left-wing party and a populist right-wing party, and I want to see people actually talk about what's right for Americans. And that's why when I see Ocasio-Cortez tweeting that we need relief for the American people, I'm like, she's correct. Respect. Please keep fighting Ocasio-Cortez. We need this. And it was Josh Hawley, a Republican, and Bernie who came together to get these stimulus checks pushed out. And it may actually happen, hopefully. That's a Republican and Democrat, both of the people who are saying we're going to do this. Josh Hawley, I think, is a, is a rad dude as well. Uh, or at least, you know, he's been fighting for a lot of important causes like on Section 230 and now for the stimulus package with Bernie. I love it. I love to see people come together left and right and be like, we're going to fight because we agree on these things. It's the broken establishment. It's Nancy Pelosi who's like, I'm not going to get a, a stimulus package because Trump's the president. And then she was getting ragged on by Democrats for blocking things up. Republicans caved in a bunch of different ways. Not that I like them either. I like the people who represent the people who say, I want to make sure that your life is better, that I'll fight for what you believe in. And though we may disagree many times, you know, I'm always ready, readily available to listen and actually stand up for your interests, not the interests of massive multinational corporations. That's what we get. So ultimately, look, I don't trust Bernie Sanders that much. I don't. But I would love to see new political parties. We've we've gone down this path of trying to usurp the existing establishment. I don't think it's going to work in the long run. Bernie kissed the boots of the Democratic establishment. And how far has that gotten him? He helped Joe Biden win. And now Joe Biden's like, bye bye. Donald Trump fought tooth and nail, became president. And then Mitch McConnell is like, I'm going to slap me on the back figuratively. And that's what we get. There's got to be something different. And I don't want it to be conflict. It needs to be just a new political party or something different. But hey, in the end, Maria Bartiromo says her intel source confirmed to her, huh? Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Look, don't hold your breath. Joe Biden is it's it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent likely for Joe Biden. Does Trump have the ability to get lightning to strike three times while winning the lottery? It, it can it can happen. And I, when I say it can happen, it's because, of course, it can. This is a country of human beings and confidence is everything. Just because there's an official seal on something doesn't make it official. You know what I love? You can buy fake diplomas like and no one's going to know they're fake. Not not even kidding. How would anyone know? And that's the issue. It's all about confidence. Can you convince people? Will they have confidence in you? Things could change dramatically. Don't say it can't happen here. We'll see how things play out. Next segment's coming up tonight, 8 p.m. We'll see. It is a blizzard out there on the East Coast, and uh, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. So in the mountains, we get a lot of snow. We get no roads. So uh, we're going to have to figure something out. But uh, come hang out, 8 p.m. live, youtube.com slash timcastirl. We should be hanging out with, uh, I believe we have Jack Murphy on tonight. Cool dude. You probably like him, and he'll be hanging out with us, assuming he can make it here. I think he'll be all right. But uh, but again, check out the next segment live, 8 p.m., youtube.com slash timcastirl, and I will see you all then. Without Donald Trump, the Republican Party is finished. In 2016, Republicans did really, really well. They maintained control of the House, the Senate, and they won the presidency. That was Donald Trump. But in 2018, things changed. They lost control of the House. They lost 31 seats. In 2020, they did pretty well again, winning back several seats, defending the Senate for the most part so far, and winning at the state level as well in many of the state House races. Donald Trump, however, did not win. 
But the big difference between 2016, 2020, and 2018, in 2016 and 2020, where Republicans did well, Donald Trump was the top of the ticket. In 2018, where they did really poorly, Donald Trump was not. It was a midterm election. The New York Times reported that Trump's base did not turn out in the midterms, and thus Republicans lost control of the House. So what do you think is going to happen now in the Georgia runoff race? Do you think people are going to show up and vote for Purdue and Loeffler? Personally, I don't think so. I know, I know a lot of people are saying it's Georgia. Come on, it's going to go Republican. And many are saying that with or without Trump, you know, there's a lot of Republicans who are going to stand up to defend the Senate because they're worried about a Democrat supermajority. Maybe I kind of felt that way uh, a little while ago. But at this point, I'm not sure I really care anymore because I have to wonder what it is Republicans do. You know, honest question. What do they do? I can tell you what they're doing now. We have this story from Daily Mail. MAGA turns on Mitch. Trump says people are angry after allies, including Michael Flynn, slammed the GOP Senate majority leader for caving to the mob and China by recognizing Biden as president elect. But let me show you what they do. Mitch McConnell urges GOP senators not to object to electoral college vote. The turtle man has said Republicans, Donald Trump has got us 200 plus federal court uh, judges and three Supreme Court justices. I would like you all to turn, uh, you know, to to wait for him while his back is turned and place the knife figuratively upon Donald Trump. That's what Mitch McConnell said. Do not support him. Do not. What are the Republicans good for? I'll tell you, for most Trump supporters and for many of the Republicans who joined the Trump train, it was a vehicle that people were riding on to get Trump. Trump was doing what many people wanted. I'll I'll tell you something funny. Viral meme, which maybe maybe you've seen, where it's Donald Trump talking about some kind of stimulus for COVID. Turns out it was actually a Bernie Sanders tweet, but they put Trump's name on it. And then all the Trump supporters cheered for it. (laughs) Owned the cons, huh? Those silly conservatives didn't realize they were supporting Bernie Sanders. Many Trump supporters were Bernie supporters. Nine million voted for Barack Obama. The left doesn't get this because they don't know what Trump supporters and conservatives think and they don't pay attention. But perhaps these people should ask themselves if Donald Trump and his supporters agree with you and Trump is in office fighting for you and Joe Biden is the corporate crony capitalist corrupt politician who is now lining his administration with Goldman Sachs and bankster lobbyists. Are you the baddies? Maybe you should ask yourself that. Because your guy backed Wall Street, the big banks, and the massive multinational corporations. And it turns out the whole time, Trump and his supporters agreed with you. Not on everything. Obviously not on everything. You know, Trump does rag on the radical left. But more to the point, at this, at this time, I'm not as concerned with Democrats. You know what? Let me tell you something. I have been saying over the past you know, couple of months, wow, it'll be apocalyptic if the Democrats take control of the Senate as well. And I've said maybe the best thing for us is that the Republicans maintain control of the Senate. So everything kind of slows down and deadlocks. And, you know, to be honest, my head says, yes, Tim, that is the correct answer. If the Republicans control the Senate, Joe Biden will be constrained and everything will kind of stabilize for a period. And that's a good thing. But my gut and my heart says, no, 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 no. Sorry, Mitch McConnell. 
You would not stand up for Trump amid these trying times. You, you, like the Republicans have always done, are just sitting there saying, all oh, the Democrats, and then doing nothing, fighting for nothing, fighting for no cause for conservatives. Literally, what McConnell and the Republicans do is nothing but object to the Democrats and then eventually cave in. The best point, as I brought up in the past several days, comes from Michael Malice when he said, Obama got a mandate. You had to buy health insurance by law or face a fine. Where's the Republicans doing anything like that? You must buy a gun or face a fine. Nothing. Nothing for conservative values being presented in this way. And maybe because it does fly in the face of what conservatives, you know, actually want. Life, liberty, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, you know, leave me alone. So maybe they don't want to force people to do this. But in that case, you have the Democrats constantly fighting for their values. And you got anti from the street throwing bricks. And Mitch McConnell being like, well, well, everybody, we got to just slow down and let the Democrats steamroll us and do whatever they want. Okay, if Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are just saying, let the Democrats do whatever, then why should I care about the Republican runoff race? I'll tell you this. Don't care for Loeffler. Don't care for Purdue. Never cared for the Republican Party. And I'm voting for Trump. I voted for Trump basically because he's trying to pull our troops out of the Middle East. And I said earlier this year, I wouldn't. Now, my question is whether or not Trump supporters are going to get behind the Republican Party. I'm going to go ahead and say probably not, at least not to the degree that the Republicans need to maintain control of the Senate. In fact, many prominent Trump supporters have said, sacrifice the Senate. They don't represent us. And here's here's my opinion. I'll tell you this. You know what I want to see? I want to see a new political party. Let me tell you this, Trump supporters, I can already hear the Republicans saying Tim is 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 going to hurt the Republican Party by saying this. I think Trump supporters should form a new political party. I think the progressive Democrats should form a new political party. I've said so many times is as long as you keep giving power to these crooks, these swamp creatures, it won't change. Now, the Trump supporters were lucky that Donald Trump took the top of the ticket, became effectively leader of the Republican Party. But look what they do at a moment's notice. They put the knife figuratively in the back. There's a funny post on the Donald when they said Trump breaks world record for most knives in the back. Yeah. But the thing about Bernie Sanders, he wasn't strong enough to challenge the machine. So he joined the machine. Trump is the opposite. Trump was strong enough to challenge the machine and he took it over. Now, Mitch McConnell's absolutely happy to see Trump go. Many of these Republicans are. 126 House Republicans backed Trump. Many say it's because they're scared. They're scared of the Trump base. Good. Here's what, ne- here's, here's what I think needs to happen. I think Trump supporters need to form their own party, a party that believes in the Constitution. And I believe even if they will not have a majority and it guarantees Democrats a victory this time around, so what? What's the difference between the Republicans going, oh, let the Democrats do their thing and the Democrats just doing their thing anyway? The best thing that I think could happen to this country is a new political party, something to break this Democrat, Republican, crony, uniparty garbage. And the Republicans will cry all day and night. But who cares? I I understand Republican voters will be concerned. My concern is for the people. But why do I care about Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell or any of these Republicans? They don't do anything. 
And that's what Hotep Jesus said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, when I asked him on the IRL podcast, why, you know, we rag on Democrats all the time. What are Republicans? And he said, I don't know that Republicans do anything, you know, that I can be complaining about. What do they do? And I'm like, that's exactly it, man. They don't do anything. They're basically like the Democrats are, you know, trying to run full speed off the cliff. And the Republicans are just holding the rope and being dragged slowly behind them with their eyes half closed. The Republicans or Trump supporters, conservatives, moderates, disaffected liberals, we need someone who's going to who's going to pull on that rope and say, nah, y'all going crazy. Pull it back. We're not getting that. So I tell you, man, if the Democrats are going to get their way anyway, then why vote for these Republicans? And again, I already know there's probably a bunch of Republicans saying, Tim, you're wrong. You're going to give Democrats full control of everything, bro. The Republicans are already doing that. It's like you're, you're watching the Republican Party laugh all the way down while they're, they're telling you, don't worry, we're fighting against this. And then Mitch McConnell goes, please don't defend the president. Even symbolically, you know, man, I'm not saying Trump is right or wrong to be doing the things he's doing. I'm just saying Republicans certainly don't have the backs of their constituents. And I'm not surprised. Let me show you how deep the swamp monster pit goes. Ah, Lindsey Graham, a man that I've never been a fan of and, you know, have said as much many times. I've given him credit for some things he's done that have been good. But he's the guy who comes out and says, I think Donald Trump should fight to the bitter end. You know, he should absolutely take every legal challenge to win this race. And the next video is him walking up to Kamala Harris, giving her a fist bump, patting her on the back. Oh, come on. You don't really believe anything you're saying. Well, Lindsey Graham said this. To those urging a pardon of Edward Snowden, you are suggesting President Real Donald Trump pardon a traitor. Edward Snowden is not a victim. Snowden has American blood on his hands and should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Lindsey Graham, swamp creature who doesn't care about you, doesn't care about the Republican, the voter base or Trump, is telling you that Snowden is the traitor. Oh, yeah. James Clapper denies lying to Congress about NSA surveillance program. The head of the U.S. intelligence community under former President Barack Obama, Mr. Clapper, recalled his 2013 testimony in light of the National Security Agency's reportedly abandoning a controversial warrantless mass surveillance program. Let me let me let me first read you the question. During a public hearing in March 2013, Mr. Clapper was asked by Senator Ron Wyden, Oregon Democrat, if the NSA collects, quote, any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans. No, sir, Mr. Clapper responded. Not wittingly. Oh, and there it is. Not wittingly. He said, I didn't lie. I made a big mistake. And I just simply didn't understand what I was being asked about, Mr. Clapper said on CNN. I thought of another surveillance program, Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. When I was being asked about Section 215 of the Patriot, I just didn't understand the question when they said any type of data at all. No, sir. The answer is yes, sir. Yes. Clapper lied to Congress. And you know who we have to thank for exposing that? Edward Snowden. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Edward Snowden is the great whistleblower. I think he's a leaker. I think he took a trove of documents, many of which he did not read, and that's a fact, and he leaked them to journalists. You know, I think there's more good that came out of it than bad. I don't, I believe that's completely wrong of Lindsey Graham saying there's blood in his hands. But Edward Snowden, I think, should be pardoned. I do. 
because at least he did us that favor. You see, these people never face any kind of justice or penalty for the crimes they commit. I don't care if it's James Clapper or a beat cop. I, I was personally involved in, a, in, in, a, in an incident in New York where an NYPD cop arrested a photographer and lied under oath on the forms and in court about why the arrest was made. But I filmed it, proving they lied. Did they get in trouble? No, because the machine keeps on a churning. Now, Lindsey Graham, you see, here's what happened. He won. So he's going to get another six years. Congratulations, good sir. He comes out and he pretends like he's all on board for MAGA, kind of. I can't believe that, you know, whatever. The dude wins. And now this is what the Republicans have to look forward to. The Republican voters and the Trump supporters. You keep voting for this stuff. Why am I supposed to get angry about what you voted for? You know, I'll put it this way. Where they're defunding these police in Minneapolis, I can go and say that's dumb. I think we need police and a civilized society. We need police officers to be able to make arrests. Sometimes there's bad arrests and there's bad cops. But I'll tell you this right now, with the lockdowns, people complaining about everything going on. At this point, I'm just like, bro, you voted for all of this. At a certain point, accept responsibility for your choices. Okay. now I I, I, I subscribe to the more of the George Carlin uh, uh, approach where he says, You know, people will often say, if you don't vote, it's your fault. No, I disagree. You voted for it. I didn't vote for that guy. You did. George Carlin was right. You put your name behind this person, empowering them. I don't care if they're a Democrat or a Republican. If you don't vote, you're saying, no confidence. I'm not giving you my support. And a lot of people don't vote. This time around, a lot of people did. That's that's my thing. So you look, I voted in 2008 and I didn't vote after that because I just didn't care. I'm not going to vote for these people. I don't like any of them. And, and if I see somebody who represents me, I'll vote. Now, with Trump, I saw something different without even asking. He just started trying to pull the troops out of Afghanistan. I'm like, all right, all right. I want that to continue. Where are we at now? Like five historic peace agreements, four are, are in the Middle East. Yeah, I think that's worth voting for. I do. That's just me. Anything else for Trump? For the most part, eh, I don't know. The economy was pretty good. I take it, right? Right now. We are facing extremely trying times. The Constitution is being used as toilet paper by people like Cuomo and many of these Democrats. If there is no one to stand up to the machine, then what's the point? If the Republicans will not stand up for this, then what is the point? Now, look, we got Rand Paul, okay, and we got many people in the House, you know, not just Mo Brooks, but you got Rand Paul in the Senate, and he probably will— Probably will object. We'll see. I don't know. But Rand Paul's fantastic. Rand Paul is great. Uh, Ron Paul was also great. Big fan of the Paul family. And I think a lot of people were too, especially a lot of uh, uh, lefties, because the Paul's just libertarian. Well, I, I disagree with them, but they're like, but let me help you be free and, and you can live, you know, and, and, and be comfortable and safe and secure and pr- pursue life, liberty and happiness and all that stuff. Yeah. So at least we have uh, uh, Rand Paul. And at least we have people like Tulsi Gabbard, who far from perfect, has done a lot of good things, especially now that she, she didn't run, she didn't, she didn't win. I, am, uh, uh, I think Tulsi's fantastic as well. Just a couple of politicians I actually like. Well, now MAGA turns on Mitch, and we'll see what this means. But it was a bold move of Mitch McConnell, because January 6th is the day that they count the Electoral College votes. The Georgia runoff, I believe it's January 5th. I could be wrong. I think so. But either way, people are voting now. Early voting is now. Mitch McConnell, what were you thinking coming out and signaling to all the Trump supporters? 
I will not support you or your president. Now, we've already seen Trump supporters say they're not going to vote for Loeffler or Purdue. There was a, uh, I can't remember which, I think it was like Young Turks maybe, went down to a protest and, and were, was asking, maybe it wasn't Young Turks, but there, that someone, some journalist was asking Trump supporters in Georgia, will you vote for Loeffler and Purdue? And they said, I don't know. Some said, I'm not concerned about that race. I'm concerned about Trump. Yeah, because a lot of these people aren't Republicans. You know, look, it's easy for me. I'm not a Republican. I don't like the Republican Party. That's just me. Trump was a, the Republican Party was a vehicle for Trump to do what he needed to do. And now a new party needs to emerge. If you're not getting what you want from Republicans, then why bother voting for them? If they're just going to give the Democrats what the Democrats want, why bother voting for them? Now's your chance. There are a few people in the Republican Party who have come in as the party is slowly changing, who absolutely are defending Trump, though. Check this out. They say incoming Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Georgia Republican, was among the MAGA supporters who blasted McConnell over his remarks. Every, quote, Republican that isn't fighting for real Donald Trump's 2020 landslide victory is supporting the Chinese Communist Party's takeover of America. Greene tweeted following McConnell's remarks. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lynn Wood said Mitch McConnell is not a patriot. Ask his wife. She knows McConnell just wants power, influence and money. He is willing to sell America to get what he wants. McConnell is a traitor to American patriots. His day of judgment is coming. Now, Lynn Woods kind of snapped off with a bunch of crazy posts. General Flynn, Michael Flynn says millions and millions and millions of patriots stand behind alongside and in front of you during this crucible moment in U.S. history where our very republic is on the line. We won't fail or cower like some in the Republican Party have shown. Sebastian Gorka said uh, Mitch McConnell caves to the mob, refuses to wait for the final January 6th electoral college count. Why? Mark Levin, I think that we should all thank Mitch McConnell for his excellent help in challenging the lawless acts of the Biden campaign and Democrats in the key battleground states. Wait, he was AWOL? Oh, well, then thanks for nothing, Mitch. Trump helped you secure your seat as he did so many Senate and House seats, and you couldn't even wait until January 6th. You've been the GOP leader in the Senate for far too long. It's time for some fresh thinking and new blood. Nick Fuentes says McConnell is a traitor and a rhino. I don't like Mitch McConnell. So let me tell you something. Maybe you're a Republican and you're saying, Tim, no, stop saying this. We can't let the Democrats win. I'm not a Republican. I've never been a Republican. I've never been a member of the Republican Party. You see, you may have convinced me this time around to vote Republican for some reasons, but you've already lost me. <laughs> I was I, I, I'm, I, I wouldn't call it uh, fair weather friendship. I wouldn't call it uh, grifting or anything like that. I would say that this time around, I saw benefits to supporting Trump and the Republicans. But it was Trump. It was I mean, he was the bull tearing down the doors of the ivory tower and trying to end the wars in the Middle East. So, well, within reason, OK, look, I, the, the Iran stuff, I'm not a fan of. But what I saw from Trump, I was like, I will take more of these peace agreements, please, because Joe Biden is going to be way worse. The Obama administration was awful. So you've convinced me, someone who is center left, to turn to the right and say, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll throw my support in that direction. That's what happened. And now that the Republicans are basically like, we don't like Trump, I'm like, well, I, you got nothing for me at this point. I don't, I, look, Republican values have never been, for the most part, my values. I'm certainly very uh, liberty minded. You know, that's why I like Ron and Rand Paul. And it's probably why I could bring myself to vote for Republicans. But when it comes to a lot of the social issues, a lot of things the Republican Party has traditionally stood for, I just don't care. 
I, I, I've never cared. I don't see them as doing anything for me. Not that I care about Democrats. I think right now, unfortunately, we have corporate garbage like Joe Biden, but then we have far left. It's like, dude, can't we have like a moderate center left populist who's just like, I actually think we should figure out a way to get more people cheaper health care and negotiate with everybody to come, come, up, come up with a solution and maybe a public option to increase competition between the public and private sector or just something. Instead, what we get are these establishment crony garbage politicians who are like, Joe Biden, woohoo. And then the other ones are like, Joe Biden's awful, but we want full-blown communism. And I'm just like, yeah, you got nothing for me, dude. Nah. So I tell you this, man. I wouldn't be surprised Republicans get uh, uh, BTFO'd come uh, January in Georgia runoff. It's going to be amazing. Mitch McConnell doesn't have your back. He never did. He's an old crony fogey. He's part of the uniparty. He's 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 more friends with the Democrats establishment than any than than any any regular American or populist. And Lindsey Graham, too. If Lindsey Graham had his way, first of all, he would do nothing for Trump amid all of this insane BS investigation garbage. He would do nothing. And worse still, he would defend the individuals who lie to Congress and lie to us to spy on us, steal our data and be general creepos like Clapper. Lindsey Graham would defend that. Now, nah, Snowden's far from perfect. Snowden leaked a bunch of information and he didn't read a lot of it. That's stupid. But I am glad that we got this information because these warrantless programs, many of which got shut down. Now, they're probably still doing it. Not that things change all that much, but I want accountability. I want the American people to have a voice in how the system is run, not direct democracy, you know, a constitutional republic. When we vote for someone, we expect accountability when they do things we don't like. When we vote for people, they do things and we often say, well, I trust them to do the, do the right thing. That's a republic. OK, and sometimes they make tough choices and sometimes you don't like it. But right now, what we've been watching for at least my lifetime with people like McConnell and Schumer and Pelosi and Lindsey Graham has been garbage swamp creatures that are accountable to no one. And when because people are like, oh, no, the D, oh, no, the R I don't care about either. I, we were talking about this last night. Maybe we just remove political parties from ballots so people can't see whose party, which party is which you see a name. If you don't know the name, well, it's too bad. It might not change everything, but I think it's a start. Then people are going to go in there and be like, I don't know which one's the Democrat. <laughs> well, too bad. If you don't know who they are, you shouldn't vote for them, right? Maybe that's a start. Or maybe it's simple. Trump supporters form a new political party, a populist party of some sort. And then you're going to have 74 million votes. The Republicans will not survive and the new political party will thrive because look how much money Trump raised hundreds of millions breaking records. That's Trump. This is Trump's opportunity to come out and say the Republicans did not support me. They did not support you. They didn't have our back. They did not fight for the American people. And that's why there's a new party. Sign up today. It may be a hard fight, but it's, it's something that has to be done. It may mean because of the way our election system works that Democrats will win this time around. But I actually think if Trump formed a new political party, it would they would start winning congressional seats left and right. They'd start winning local elections left and right because people would be like, thank you. Get rid of those Republicans. Too many conservatives feel like they have no choice and they're like, that's all we have is Republicans. Well, now there's a chance for a new political party. The Democrat progressives, they, they should do the same thing. One hundred percent. Tell the crony establishment we're done with y'all.
I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Right now, there are two prominent autonomous zones in this country that I think are worth talking about. There's probably more, many other areas where people just don't get news coverage. But in Portland, we have the Red House Autonomous Zone, which has been kind of broken down after some negotiations between Antifa and the city. But for the most part, armed leftist militias have seized some territory and said, y'all get out, chased the cops out, placed booby traps. They may have removed the booby traps at this point, but I'm not entirely sure. The other autonomous zone isn't really an autonomous zone in the sense that they're calling it that, but it's a small town. I think it's called Mossy Brook, where it's essentially a COVID lockdown exempt area. Not really. I mean, as far as the state is concerned, but the mayor said, do your thing. Businesses were not shutting down. Patriot Prayer, right wing group showed up and supported them and people went about their business as though there was no lockdown. Now, in a tweet from Andy, no, he says there is but another autonomous zone popping up. He says BLM Antifa in Seattle have set up another autonomous zone at Cal Anderson Park in the Capitol Hill neighborhood. This is the same area they made Chaz during the summer months. Video by Cho Show. Now, they're not officially calling it an autonomous zone. The city is referring to it as a homeless encampment that is to be cleared out. But uh, interestingly, it is an autonomous zone. It's literally the autonomous zone, and it's never gone away. You know, most of us just, I guess, assume because we don't live in Seattle that they cleared out the Chaz, the CHOP, the autonomous zone, and that was the end of it. But apparently since June, people have been setting up barricades and tents and living in this park. It never stopped. When a local journalist went to cover the police uh, do it, or, or the city doing a sweep, this is what he said. Jonathan Cho, abandoning live shot, a group of people in all black emerge out of Cal Anderson Park just before my 4.30 p.m. live shot. They started throwing rocks at us. Now I know how Seattle PD feels. My crew is safe. Seattle Parks will have hands full during Wednesday's sweep update at 6 p.m. You know, I don't know if it's fair to call it an autonomous zone because it's not really the same. You know, it, it is kind of different. There, There's tents being set up. It's more of a homeless encampment, but it is being, I guess, supported by a lot of these, you know, far left activists and, and extremist types. And you know what? I don't care. I, I, I just don't care about the autonomous zones anymore. All right. First, let me show you this. King 5 Seattle reports Seattle city workers to clear Cal Anderson Park on Capitol Hill. So I don't, you know, people have been living at Cal Anderson Park for months. The city of Seattle is expected to do a sweep. The park closed in late June after it became the center of protests. Advocates for the people living in the park are protesting the city's action. A statement from community activists say, says forcing homeless people living in the park out will prevent them from getting medical treatment that was supposed to be available Friday. CDC guidelines for homeless encampments during the COVID pandemic urges cities to allow people to remain there if individual housing isn't an option. Clearing encampments, according to the CDC, can spread disease. The city said healthcare providers and outreach workers will provide support and services. The city alerted people Monday that the sweep would take place. The CDC is saying they should allow it to stand. So, uh, no. I don't care they're doing this. In fact, I'm 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 almost on board. I want to say I'm 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 very supportive of these autonomous zones at this point, right? I don't want to be definitive because you know they kind of do bad things like at the at the Red House autonomous zone, they I guess tried doxing Andy No, like that's not cool. I got another story we'll talk to uh, I want to talk to you about with arson coming from Antifa. These people are insane. But let me tell you. The city says they're going to shut all y'all down. They're going to close your businesses. 
They're going to tell you you can't work. And then what? They're going to they're come and evict you? I'm not playing that game. Now, I understand the circumstances with the Red Autonomous Zone. It's not absolutely like they were just going to evict this family. The family actually owned another property. So it's not like they were the poorest people in the world. But they couldn't afford to pay for the house. I still think the city shouldn't be evicting anybody if they're the ones who say these are the rules. Now, as for the people who live there, if you guys vote for these people, and they did, they voted for Ted Wheeler, and they keep voting for the same people. How am I supposed to complain about anything? It's what they want. Welcome to our democratic institutions. These are the representatives they elect. These are the, these are the things they do. Well, then there you go. Look, if you're in the minority in one of these places, you're going to have to move. You know, it, it, we had an interesting conversation about the Supreme Court last night. My family has benefited greatly from Supreme Court rulings that blanketed over the entire country. But I also do recognize you're not entitled to anything, right? If you live in Seattle and, and the people there vote for this stuff and the, and the autonomous zones are allowed to do whatever they want and you're complaining about it, you want sympathy from me? I mean, you can leave. I'm sorry. I'll have more sympathy for the people who vote against it and fight against it. Don't get me wrong. But at a time right now, I find this really fascinating that the CDC is saying, let the camp stay. The government is going, no, we're not. I'm sorry. You can't claim to be abiding by CDC restrictions or guidance. So you got to lock everyone down. And then when the CDC says, let the camp stay, you say, nope, because you're not really fighting any uh, uh, following any guidance, are you? It's BS, their lies. Nandy Noe has, has an op-ed coming out of Portland, and he breaks this down. And you know what? I'm probably going to disagree with him. At this point, I think the issue isn't left-wing autonomous zones. I think it's that the right isn't doing more right-wing, uh, doing right-wing autonomous zones. If the left is doing it and getting away with it, and none of these people are getting arrested and they're getting cut loose, where's, where's the conservatives to be like, okay, if this is legal and acceptable, then we will do the same. You know, I, I ragged on, on Republicans in the previous segment for rolling over belly up and just saying, please don't be mad at me, Democrats. We'll do whatever you want. That's what Republicans do. Republican politicians. They don't fight for causes. They just slow down Democrats. That's it. And then in five years, they'll probably just be where Democrats are today. Where's the fight for actual right wing conservative or even moderate causes? Even you know, moderates especially don't do anything. Conservatives spend too much time complaining about what the left is doing in left wing strongholds. Why are conservatives so concerned right now about Portland? Like, oh, oh no, anti, you know, I tweeted about this. I'm like, I support it. I don't care. If these people want to go in and say, you know what? The government, it, we have no confidence. The police are enforcing unconstitutional edict. The moment these governors said against the wishes of the people and in total violation of the constitution, here come the, the, this, the, this lockdown edict. Well, then I was just like, all right, then you're illegitimate, right? Early on, when they said lockdown, we all kind of agreed. Okay, it's reasonable for us to say 15 days to slow the spread, maybe 21, because we, we, we do have empathy for each other and we want to pull together. The lockdowns didn't work. The science wasn't there. And the World Health Organization said no to the lockdowns. We thought it was going to be for just a couple of weeks. And now it's turned into uh, 10 months nine months, people did not expect to have their lives destroyed by unconstitutional edict. We agreed. Well, now, if we don't agree, then why should I why should I complain? If the government of Oregon and these Democrats, if they think they're entitled to to just declare things and do whatever they want, well, then why can't Antifa declare this territory theirs and just take over? 
I see no rule of law when governors pass these 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 orders, not even laws, and then violate them. Gavin Newsom, California, for instance, what he it's like twice he went out to eat without a mask and he was like, oh, no, it was an accident. Oh, me, oh, my. Then you look at Gretchen Whitmer and Lori Lightfoot and Nancy Pelosi. They go and get their hair done and and for, in violation of the rules. So if they aren't abiding by them, why should I complain if in a major blue city that likes this stuff and votes for it is doing this? I don't care. You know what? I don't live there. And I left when I, I was in the Philly area. I left and I said, you know what? If the governors and, and, and local state government and even the federal government, if they're going to be violating their own orders, which they're not even entitled to necessarily uh, give, if the law is breaking down, people are saying defund the police. I'm at a point where I'm like, all right, New Jersey is doing a bunch of creepy unconstitutional uh, constitutional stuff because I was on the, the New Jersey side, basically Philly suburbs. Well, then I have a choice. I can stay here while these people do whatever they want. I can fight back, say, like Atlas Jim, who opened their gym, or I can leave. Now, I didn't have a public facing business like Atlas Jim that required, you know, in-person customers. So I carried on just fun. But at a certain point, I'm like, listen, man, when you have the left saying defund the police and I live here and I rely on them, especially with tough gun laws, I'm like, dude, I'm not OK with this. So I move out to the middle of nowhere. I bought a bunch of guns. Now I live in the middle of nowhere and I'm responsible for myself. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to live in these cities and vote to defund the police, by all means, do it because I'm not going to live there. And this is a conversation we had the other day was I was hanging out with Cassandra Fairbanks and she was like, I don't care what California does. Fine. California wants to ban guns. Just stay away from West Virginia. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I guess that's the best I can do. Listen, when we had a cohesive community where we agreed with each other and we said, you know, we're working together towards common goals, maybe fighting the Cold War, going to the moon. I understand why we'd be like, okay, everybody, here's the rules. We want everyone to play by these rules. Because for the most part, we agreed Democrats or Republicans weren't too dissimilar for, for a certain period of time. I mean, there was a period where they were very dissimilar and shooting at each other. But that was a couple of, that was that was 150 or so years ago. Now we have, you know, this period in the 90s and the 2000s where there was a lot of similarity between the parties. But now it's just completely separated. And the issue I see is that the Democrats in power violate the law and the Constitution and uh, enact edict. And the police just go, okay, Constitution is just a piece of paper. You look at Michigan, where they barred the Republicans from coming in the Capitol building because these cops don't care about the Constitution. And if we are not unified by even the Constitution anymore, then why would I care what Portland does? I don't consider it part of of anything I have to do with anymore. Let me put let me say it again. There was a period, maybe in the 50s and 60s, we had a lot of turmoil, the civil rights movement, but we were also fighting a cold war. Okay, and so it made sense. Listen, everybody sit down, shut up. We're going to work together on this one. Here are the rules. We need to win this. Okay, all right. Well, now we are still in a Cold War. We're in a Cold War with China, but we have two sides who just detest each other. And when I look at Portland and what Portland wants and what Portland votes for and what they do, I'm like, that has nothing to do with me. These people don't represent me. They don't stand up for me. They don't defend me. And these people break the laws in these states. And, and there's, there's a two-tiered justice system that's been going for a long time. I don't feel represented by any of this stuff, so I just don't care. You know, what, you know what I would expect to see? And maybe we need more of? Republicans setting up their own autonomous zones. If the left can do it, 
and the cops don't arrest them. It's clearly legal and allowed. If the governors are violating their own rules, why don't Republicans just just do it? I shouldn't call them Republicans because the Republican Party is trash, but Trump supporters, conservatives, right? Now, this is what I've been predicting, that we're going to see right wing individuals assuming, uh, and I think 99.99% likely Joe Biden becomes president. And I say that because, listen, man, I know the left keeps saying, like, there's no way Trump can win. You guys just don't understand, you know, with all of this insanity, who knows what's going to happen? You know, we've already got CNN saying Trump's going to form a shadow government. So call it whatever you want. The point is, with all of this craziness going on, I don't see why conservatives are even pointing the finger at the autonomous zones in Portland. You don't live there. Portland is like as far left as you can get. They don't represent you. So why bother defending them? And I saw it was funny, like a lot of people were saying to me when I tweeted this, like, I support it by by all means, like, (laughs) do your thing, I guess. Just don't kill people, don't hurt people, that kind of stuff, you know. There were a lot of people who were kind of like, I don't know, like, I want to disagree, but yeah, it's actually a good point. We're at a time where there is shaken confidence in the system, where in these big cities, we shouldn't have any confidence because people like Cuomo have no regard for the Constitution at all. Let me show you the story. I, I, and, I, and I'll read the Andy No thing. But I got to show you the story. Cuomo signs bill banning the sale of Confederate flags. That is not constitutional. I don't care for the Confederate flags at all. I don't care for hate symbols. But Andrew Cuomo banned the sale of hate symbols, such as the Confederate flag. You can't do that. We have a constitution in this country and state constitutions. That's a violation of the First Amendment. And the left cheers for it. Listen, man, if you want to live with no guaranteed rights and you think the government bestows the rights upon you, you feel free to do it somewhere else. So this is what I see when I see with Cuomo, right? And then I look at what's going on in Portland. And while I don't like the Antifa people, and I think a lot of what they're doing is an excuse and they target innocent people, there's a lot of problems. You know what? At this point, I'm surprised back the blue is still happening at all. I'm surprised people are still waving Blue Lives Matter flags because I've never been a, a staunch Blue Lives Matter kind of guy. But I think it's, it's you know, you, we need police. At this point, I don't know if it matters anymore. You know why? We need police when there is a mutual understanding of the law and what we can and can't do. That way, when someone violates our rights, we need the police to deter them, to arrest them. And to deliver them to prosecution for which they can be tried and charged. But when we live in a system where there is no definitive understanding of what justice is or law, because the governors clearly break it, because the Democrats, the leftists can go dance in the street and wave their arms in the airs in the air, but you can't go to church. There's no definitive understanding of what law is. In this case, what's the point of the police? The cops are going to go and defend the, 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 the illegal paintings in the streets and the far left are going to get away with it. But Republicans and conservatives in these cities are the ones who are not allowed to enjoy their rights as citizens. I just don't care. Andy, no rights. Last week, Portland law enforcers raided a house that had for months been illegally occupied by trespassers affiliated with Black Lives Matter and Antifa at the barricaded property. Officers made arrests and found a stockpile of firearms. I mean, that's worrisome to say the least. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this is just another escalation on track to some kind of civil war. But, you know, upon thinking about it, I'm not entirely convinced there would be a civil war, more so a revolution, like what we saw in Syria, disparate factions who disagree with each other, but fighting against the government. 
right now, conservatives main issue is not uh, Antifa. You can argue, you know, to a certain degree. But right now, the problem that conservatives and regular people are facing is unconstitutional edict from the government. The Antifa doesn't like the government for a variety of reasons. I think a lot of those reasons are wrong. And I think these people are crazy. But if they want to run Portland like they want to run Portland, why do I care? I don't live there. Republicans and conservatives are seeing their businesses and lives destroyed. And once again, the problem is with the government. So in this instance, Antifa and conservatives have a mutual gain, a mutual benefit if they actually just said, you do your thing. And that's why we see, interestingly, Boogaloo Boys came out and supported Black Lives Matter on numerous occasions. And the Antifa people shook the hands of the Boogaloo Boys and said, you stood with us and we thank you. And I'm like, honestly, it's kind of cool to see people like not fight and like shake hands. But these are anti-government factions. It's really funny. There's an organization that tracks hate and extremism. And one of their writers said that anti-government extremists joined in the autonomous zones. And Antifa didn't really know or care. If you're standing next to us, if you agree that this is an autonomous zone and the government has no say or whatever, fine, whatever. And so they allowed it. You know, some people ask, what would have happened if armed right-wing extremists did the same thing in Portland? It'd be massive outrage. What if right-wing individuals seized an autonomous zone in a right-wing area? Nobody would care. When Patriot Prayer showed up to this town of Mossy Brook, I think it's called Mossy Brook, and the town said, we're not enforcing lockdown. There were some news stories, but was there screeching and whining? No, because it's a Republican area. It's a small town, and the right was basically welcomed there, and everybody was happy. No controversy. Andy writes, under normal circumstances, the armed trespassers would be prosecuted, and that would be the end of the story. But in riot-plagued Portland, Oregon, things are far from, from normal. The city's progressive district attorney immediately dropped the charges against the occupiers. Their comrades soon sent in reinforcements to build a sprawling autonomous zone in the middle of a densely populated residential area. The militants called the place the Red House Autonomous Zone, named after the red painted house, yada yada. It's the Raz, they call it. And he goes on to write about what it is. 100 Antifa comrades mobilized. Within a few hours, the entire street was blocked off with stolen fencing, wood, junk taken from nearby homes. Some brought in power tools to reinforce the barriers, and the militants laid out piles of rocks, metal spikes, and glass bottles as strategic points to act as supply points for projectile weapons. They lined the road with impromptu booby traps, upward-facing nail strips, caltrops, and more. Caltrops. Now, that one's impressive. Listen, who am I supposed to be mad at right now? The cops that are enforcing the edict of these governors or the people who are saying no to the government? I don't know if the cops aren't pro- if the DA won't prosecute these people, then they apparently are allowed to do it. I'll tell you one thing. You know who I'm mad at right now? The Republicans, because they do nothing. And all you know, the one thing the Republicans are really good at is taking advantage of Trump's naivety. Now, and yet it's true that, you know, Mitch McConnell, and everyone at Lindsey Graham. Oh, oh, hey, Donald, how's it going? Check his hand. Could you mind turning around for a minute? You got something on your back and then pulling out that figurative knife, <laughs> figurative and applying it firmly to the back of the president. That's what the Republicans do. While all this is going on, you expect me to defend the Democrat governors of these places? I've been saying this for some time, man. These are blue cities. The police officers are, are, are elected and hired, uh, you know, not elected, but the, 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 gov- the mayor's hired. They appoint these people. They hire these people. And then you want me to complain about it? I'm not going to complain about it. 
I'll tell you what I'm complaining about. Republicans not doing enough and Trump supporters needing to do more in terms of activism. If anything, the government has said, the numerous governments, that what the autonomous zones are, are legal. You will not be prosecuted, in which case nothing wrong with with autonomous zones. Well, there you go, man. Maybe it's time that people start taking responsibility for themselves more and I don't know, taking control of their lives. If everyone in this country decided one day that, you know, they didn't respect uh, a particular law, for instance, and started violating it, then eventually that law goes away. When you look at like legalization of recreational marijuana, not everybody agrees, but over time, more and more people just say, I don't care, and they'll smoke marijuana anyway, and it's resulting in the law, uh, the, the legality of it changing. Recreational marijuana becoming legal across the board in many places. In fact, the House just voted on it. Republicans disagreed on, on, I think, expenditure issues and like certain weird things that were included in it. But I think there's a reason why we have nonviolent civil disobedience. If people want to engage in something to challenge the system, they should. So I'll tell you right now, Portland, I don't care what they do. And if people are upset over the government's overreach, then, oh, well, you know, I, I, I kind of get it. As long as they're not hurting people, fine. And stealing property, fine. As for conservatives, I guess the bigger issue is when are you going to engage in nonviolent civil disobedience to assert your rights? Are you going to sit back thinking Mitch McConnell's going to swoop in and save you? No, because he just he just pulled the scar, uh, you know, uh, Lion King move where Donald Trump's hanging from the cliff and he's like, brother, help me. And Scar's like and Mitch McConnell goes, no, and then drops him. Well, Mitch McConnell's more of a turtle, I guess, and Trump's the lion. But, you know, you get the point. They just cast him down to the stampede. They don't care. It's up to you as an individual to, to engage in your nonviolent civil disobedience. And I think, you know, that's that's the right way we go about bringing about change. I tell you this, the leftists have done it all year long, going out in the thousands, nothing. And, and that's it in violation of lockdown. Sure, fine. But when they all go and do it, the city can't do anything about it other than support it. That's what the Trump supporters need to be doing. Some kind of nonviolent civil disobedience, sit-ins, protests, etc. Learn from the left. You've already seen a bunch of Trump supporters like taking photos with Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. Well, maybe it's about time you learned how to organize. So I tell you, if the far left wants to set up an autonomous zone in their far left city, who cares? Whatever, <laughs> I guess. You know, there was a period where I think with Trump as president, Trump supporters were fighting for a solid singular America. Well, now it's clear that's not going to happen, right? In which case, peaceful divorce makes more sense than violent, you know, insurrection. So maybe there should just be, there doesn't need to be even any kind of formal breakup of the U.S. as some people have even suggested. It can just be, do your thing, I'll do my thing. And if someone invades, we'll defend you, I guess. That's the way it used to be. I don't know what's going to happen with these autonomous zones, but I, uh, I expect they'll grow bigger. And there'll be more of them. And I expect the right will start to engage in similar things. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up on my other channel. To find it, search YouTube for Tim Pool or type in youtube.com slash Timcast, which is the URL to the Tim Pool channel. Don't ask me why YouTube does that. That's just the way they did it. And so be it. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. See you next time.